Today, we are reporting one new case of COVID-19, which brings the total number of confirmed cases in Nova Scotia to 1,065. And we have four, currently have four active cases uh, in the province. Uh, following contact tracing by uh, Prince Edward Island related to their new COVID-19 cases, we were notified uh, on Saturday that one of those individuals in PEI had been in close contact with someone who had recently traveled into Nova Scotia from the United States and was still here in Nova Scotia. We contacted that individual on Saturday and arranged testing, and their, their result came back yesterday, uh, July the 5th, and they were positive for COVID-19. That individual is now being held uh, by the, under the federal authority at their at their local quarantine facility, which is uh, out uh, at an airport hotel. Uh, we are in the process of uh, Nova Scotia Public Health of doing all the contact tracing to understand where that person may have been uh, between the July 20 or sorry June 26 when he came into the province and July uh, July 4th when he came to our our attention. And we're we're continuing to work closely with our colleagues in both Prince Edward Island and the federal government on, as we follow up all these linked cases. Um, as I said, this individual is remains within their uh, the authority under the Federal uh, Quarantine Act because they're within the 14 days of entering uh, Canada. Uh, and so we'll continue to work with our federal colleagues around this case. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, as, as we get more information on contacts, we may have to come back and, 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 and do any public notification, but uh, we, we don't have any conclusive information at this point. We know that in the last 24 hours that our, that our microbiology lab at the QE2 Health Sciences Centre tested 178 Nova Scotians. Um, that's typical. We see uh, uh, less testing on, on the weekend, especially on a Sunday. We have no, still have no licensed long-term care homes in Nova Scotia with active cases of COVID-19, uh, which remains good news. Uh, our total numbers, we've had 55,113 55, Nova Scotians tested with negative results and 63 Nova Scotians have, uh, have died uh, from COVID-19. As I said last week, that as we opened up in the Atlantic bubble, that I was comfortable saying there was no greater uh, risk if I if I had traveled uh, to another Atlantic province than if I traveled within Nova Scotia. I'm very comfortable with that statement. Uh, I know that uh, people are concerned, though, however, about COVID-19 being brought in here uh, from other provinces outside the uh, the, the Atlantic uh, provinces or from countries uh, from um, around the world. Uh, I understand. That that is our, our greatest risk, and that's why uh, we need to understand what is in place at the border and what we're what we're actively working on to strengthen those approaches. People need to understand that our that our that our international border is governed by the federal government and Canadian Border Services agencies. Um, it's clear that uh, in my conversation with them on on Friday, they reiterated that Canadian citizens and and permanent residents of Canada are legally allowed and have to be allowed to return uh, back to Canada that there are people from other countries uh, that have immediate family members who are either Canadian citizens or permanent residents are also allowed to come to be with their immediate family. And there are some people who have jobs that make it necessary for them to come into Canada, even if they're from another country, such as diplomats. And then we have a small number of classification of essential workers that are allowed to move back and forth across our borders, uh, particularly with the United States. And that's pertaining to the movement of uh, essential goods and services that we all rely on, for instance, to have like, food in our grocery stores, et cetera. 
However, under the Federal Quarantine Act, uh, unless exempted for people such as the essential workers, any, any of the people, even if they're legally allowed to come to Canada, have to uh, undergo a 14-day quarantine period. Um, uh, certainly the, the case this weekend uh, raises questions about uh, people following those rules. Um, and you heard the Premier speak about that, about how we re it's essential that we people are, are relying on, uh, we rely on people to follow those rules. But I also ask people to not make assumptions uh, about what they may be seeing people doing. Uh, if you see uh, American license plates, don't assume that the people are here illegally and that they haven't done their quarantine period. They Maybe there certainly is lots of reasons why can people driving a car, uh, cars with American license plates can legally be here in Canada. There may be a Canadian resident coming back and they may have done their quarantine period. Um, the same when you see you know, license plates from other parts of Canada. Uh, I think it's important that we don't uh, jump to conclusions and, 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 then, and, and, and make negative assumptions about people. Um, it's uh, that uh, we are, it's, it's important that people know, as, as the Premier's outlined, that we're urgently working uh, on implementing a tracking system for people coming into Nova Scotia from outside the Atlantic region. And we'll have more uh, news on that very soon. But I've been on calls all today uh, around the details of, uh, and so there's a lot of people working very quickly to get that up and going. Um, but I would ask Nova Scotians that if they have, see people that are here from uh, outside of the province, uh, be welcoming them to, welcoming to them, uh, talk to them respectfully about the public health rules that are that are in place for everybody who's here in the province, uh, and, and it's important that uh, we, we make sure that we're doing what we need to do before we uh, look negatively at somebody else who we make assumptions about what they may or may not be doing. As I've said repeatedly, and the Premier said here uh, at these briefings, that reopening our economy and society during this pandemic uh, remains a complex balancing act. Uh, on the one hand, you know, people do need to work. We need to have businesses opening uh, and operating. And all of us need some form of, of social interaction and, and to be able to get together with each other. And if we have family members in, in other parts of, uh, of the Atlantic Canada, it's important that we're able to get to, get to see them. On the other hand, even with all these safety precautions uh, that we uh, uh, that businesses, workplaces, and individuals are, are putting in place, that re this reopening does inherently bring an increased risk of COVID-19. Uh, we have to understand that again. It's this balancing that we have to open things up, which allows some risk. The way we control that risk uh, is in, we really have two options. We either shut things down again, which is not really a, an option that anybody wants or is really feasible or realistic or we all follow the, the, the basic public health measures uh, that we've used since, since, uh, since uh, March that allowed us to flatten the curve. We need to continue to practice those. Uh, I keep saying here, but I'll, and I'll keep saying it again, we, we can't relax. It's not about going back to normal, uh, which we were where we were pre-COVID. We have to continue to be vigilant, and it's, we rely on each of us to, to practice these basic uh, preventive measures that, that's what allows us to protect each other and allows us to uh, continue to open things up and do that safely. Um, we don't uh, want to shut down again, but if we don't do a better job of all following these public health measures, uh, we may end up in, in that situ situation. So we need everybody to continue to you know, practice good hand hygiene, cough etiquette, uh, staying home when they're sick, and most importantly, when we're out and about, maintaining that physical distancing wherever possible, 
uh, and if it's not, it's not feasible to, to, to be sure about that, uh, everybody wearing a non-medical mask. It's most important that any of our indoor environments, so if you're going into a, uh, a grocery store, any kind of an indoor retail space, if you're going into a medical clinic or uh, you know a, a hair salon, all of those are indoor environments where it's not necessarily going to be possible to be assured that you're maintaining that six-foot distance. So we really need people to, uh, to start to wear a non-medical mask in these indoor environments when other people are around. When you leave home, you should have a mask with you. Uh, make sure it's ready and available that if you do need to use it. So if you're going, you have it in your purse or in your pocket. And if you're, before you go into a store, before you get on a bus, before you drop, go inside and drop your child off at daycare, though, those are places you should always put your mask on before uh, you get uh, potentially close interaction with other, other people in our communities. While the mask does protect other people, It'll also protect you in the long run. By wearing a mask, you're setting an example that masks are the norm, that we all need to be wearing masks. And as more and more people adopt that, we each start to protect each other. So ultimately, you, you wearing a mask sets, sets an example, and other people start wearing a mask. And they, by them wearing a mask, they are protecting you. So it, does, it protects each other, but ultimately, what you do sets an example that allows other people to, to follow that, which then protects you. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking and I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to all Nova Scotians, whether it's individuals, families, business owners, employers and employees, please take this seriously. Uh, we need to continue to do all these public health measures, but the one thing we can do a much better job on is, is wearing non-medical masks when it's necessary. And again, the, all those indoor environments, when you're in public spaces that are indoors, when you're in workplaces where you can't be, a, a, where you have certain workplaces, you just have to be uh, close around other people for prolonged periods of, of times. And when we go to gatherings where there's large numbers of people, whether it's indoors or outdoors, all are those all of those are places where it's critically important that we start to do a better much better job of all of us having a mask available and wearing it uh, it's important that we normalize this as quickly as possible before the second wave of COVID arrives. Once it's here, it'll be, it'll be too late for us to get our mask wearing to the point where it needs to be. We start to adopt, we need to adopt this now as a precautionary preventive measure as we move through the summer and prepare for a, a possible second wave in, in the fall. And the same goes for physical distancing. It's that combination of physical distancing and mask wearing, which are the most important. Uh, it's important we do everything, but those are the, the critical ones that will help us to control the spread of, uh, of, of any COVID that comes into the province. We control its spread if we're following all these practices and keep them as sporadic, isolated cases. I, you know, I, I certainly appreciate that the, that people are anxious just to be able to get out and about, but uh, and and not have to worry about all these things. But that is part of our new normal. We have to respect COVID and, and do what we can uh, to minimize the the chance of a substantive resurgence, uh, even whether it's in the summer or or as we expect a second wave in the fall. 
just want to, you know, again, I'll finish off by reminding people that in our healthcare system, we're still maintaining uh, capacity and we're focused on ensuring that we have a, uh, adequate access to anywhere in the province to timely access to testing, enough capacity in the laboratory, and where we're working to, uh, you know, to ensure we have the appropriate public health capacity for urgent follow-up. So the health system is geared up and, and, and doing the things that we need to do to, uh, to uh, protect the health of Nova Scotians. We need all Nova Scotians to, uh, to do their part as well. And it's those combinations of, of uh, the health system we're rapidly detecting and following up cases and everybody doing the personal prevention measures, that those two key pieces together are what's going to allow us to move forward and remain as open as we can.